for you. Who do you think are like the top five best drummers in like the deathcore genre right now? Oof, damn. It's a good one, huh? That's, that's a good one. Sick. Gotta give love to Austin Archie. That's that's my baby boy right there. Of He's kill, killing the fucking game. Uh, man. A lot of doubles. Absolutely. Why are drummers always crazy? We're weirdos, dude. We are. It's it. It's part of our nature. We can't. We can't just be a normal human being like everyone else, like a guitar player. It, I mean, so is it a thing where <laughs> drummers, they're just, it's just like a a separate thing. You know, it's, it's, we we le- we legitimately march to the beat of our own drum. Like as dumb as that might sound to somebody, it's like yeah, it's kind of true. And, and and you know this. I mean, you've. You've been in a band with multiple drummers now. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. And I'm not saying that being weird is a bad thing necessarily, but all of us are weird. All of us have mm-hmm. some sort of weird quirk, or, you know, or thing that makes us tick. Yeah. That you know ma- that makes us quote unquote weird. You know. It feels like <laughs> drummers have more. That they need to. They have more to contain as far as like their personality, especially when it's like when you're off the kit more so. Yes. Yeah. Uh, damn, that's yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Just just by being around you, or yeah. just being around you know, obviously you know, with our our lifestyle, being around all the drummers, you can you can de- like you can walk into a room at catering at a festival and immediately pick out the drummer. You, you can. Can you? At, fuck at one hundred percent, absolutely. Mm. And it's not even because like I know who they are or whatever. I like you know we've been in rooms before, mm-hmm. but you can you can like walk into a you know. Uh, you know, a venue, backstage, green room, catering, uh, you know, all of the above. And it's usually it's usually pretty easy to spot out the drummer. And maybe that's just because I'm a drummer. But yeah. even, even like, I've been in places where you're like, oh, that's probably the drummer right there. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, you're right. They are. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. And they took one, one look at you. Like, he's definitely oh, an idiot. 100%. <laughs> they hear the bus door open. They know I'm a drummer. They're like, oh, here comes a drummer. Oh, my goodness, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are all, it's just, I mean, our era is like, you know, late 90s, early 90s, early 2000s. So like yeah. our, It seems like all of our favorite drummers are all great drummers destined to get kicked out of the band, leave the band, or die. What is, there, there's like something to that. What What is that? Damn, honestly, I don't, I don't know, and I wish I had like what I would consider to be like some better insight on that. But it is kind of crazy, and you're not wrong. And I was just talking about this with uh, with Tyler on the drive back from Vegas. Yeah, it's because he, uh, I guess he just went semi recently and like visited Joey's grave and Paul's mm-hmm. grave in Iowa or something like that. Yeah. And we got on the subject of that, and I was like, damn, like you're you're right. Like what what is it? The dudes that the dudes that made. The most, like you know, iconic moves in in our you know scene, or even you know in the new metal scene, in metal and heavy rock, those drummers are either yeah, you're right, they're either all not in their bands anymore, or they've passed away, or had something crazy happen to them, or they're just not doing music anymore. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think uh, I don't know. I I I I'd like to say that it's probably there's definitely some degree of ego involved in that for mm. sure. For sure, and because of that, I think having having maybe a, a a little more than the average degree of ego can can lead someone down down a fucking path totally. where where success is not going to be in the end game form. You know what I mean? Because it's 
they took it a little, a little too far, you know what I mean? And, and whatever the case might be, whether it was, you know, uh, you know, maybe they just like their, their cockiness or their ability to be like, you know, I'm invincible type of thing when mm-hmm. it came to, you know, partying or whatever, you know what I mean? I think, uh, I feel like a lot of it stems from that. And then once it branches out, you can kind of like individualize each drummer that, you know, we're referencing or talking about. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know, they went that route. And that's why they ended up without, you know, without a band or, you know, I, I, I think that's kind of where it's like it starts. It starts with some degree of ego and then and then goes from there. And I think if you're not able to check your ego in a healthy manner and like, you know, Keep what do they call you know keep the keep is it keep the chip on your shoulder or off your shoulder type of thing you know what I mean yeah and uh, yeah you know and and especially like <clears throat> excuse me like in a uh, in rock you know rock music metal music all that stuff you know the 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 musicmanship is very exciting the drumming is very exciting there's a lot going on and so mm-hmm. a lot of the times yeah people will will give those drummers a, a crazy pedestal to stand on and then they take it and run with it. You know what I mean? Shit. I'm, I'm guilty of it. I've never, I've no, I've never like, you know, I joke when we, you know, we mess around. And he and has I, an ego. <laughs> He'll be done in five years. <laughs> I certainly hope not. No. Um, no. Uh, I think it's just, um, I don't think, I also don't think it's bad to have an ego either. I think, mm-hmm. I think having a good healthy ego of is good for you. You know, and under, understanding the difference between like being confident in your ability and knowing that you're confident in what you're doing and making music and all that stuff. Yeah. Versus just being like, yeah, I'm in this fucking big band and, you know, no one's going to take that from me type of thing. And we've talked about it the very first time I did it, you know, with the whole band. And it's like, dude, there's uh, no matter no matter what, no matter how much time passes, there's always going to be hungry kids, dude, that'll be gunning for your job. You know, in essence, totally, especially you know? when it comes to drummers, and it's yeah. it's, it's such, sucks because like you, it, it's such a like a struggle because like you kind of know you're like a, I can only imagine like being like like a Joey or like a David, crazy or like where you're just like, you kind of have to believe you are this shit because because you are, and then once you kind of go down that path to get out of it, I'm, and find that level of healthy ego, I can't even I, I can't even imagine that, dude. It's um, I'm. I'm a hundred percent certain it's a very, very difficult line to balance, for sure. It is, yeah, and especially at that level, uh, you know, of of, Imagine of the size. It. People don't really know. I mean, just just being a normal person, balancing the ego is, it's it's just this dance. It's it's a mm-hmm. da- it's a daily dance. Yes, Imagine when you throw on a career, or now or now you're in arenas, or now yeah. you actually you were you were a loser when you were a kid, but but now you're like playing these massive ass shows that, that right there and that's what the fuck yeah that's and and it is it is very easy to lose sight of those like humble beginnings you know and i and i uh you know it's I, easy I, it's super super we see it happen all the time it happens all the time you know it's it's always it's always refreshing when someone doesn't or you know i don't like i said i feel like at some point everybody's kind of guilty of it even mm-hmm. you know even in in small doses but I think if you're able to check it and be like, oh, you know yeah. what? There's no need to be that way. It's all good. I realize that, you know, there are other people that could be doing this too and not just me, you know, and, uh, you know, but also understanding where you are in your career and your position and, and what you're, uh, you know, gifted and blessed to be doing that other people wish they could be doing and stuff like that. It's like, you know, to yeah. me, to me, that's kind of like the, 
you know, what keeps me, you know, my head out of the clouds. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, people are like, oh, you were in the right place at the right time. 50% of that is true. Absolutely. Do, you know what I mean? I also don't think that 100% of me having the drumming gigs that I've had were all just luck. You know what I mean? I, I, I practice very hard for the gigs that I've had and stuff like that, and, and I'll continue to do so as long as my body allows me to. But un, like having that understanding and keeping a good, healthy ego in check, I think, is crucial to not, uh, you know, ending up one of the X drummers of you know X, Y, and Z band or whatever have you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think, you know, so far so good. You know, uh, I've I've obviously not been doing this as long as some of our idols and stuff like that have. And I'm sure it's murky waters to navigate years in and stuff like that. But I think, I think if you, uh, you know, keep a, keep a level head and, 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 and fight the good fight every day, I think, uh, I think you'll be all right. I mean, you would know better than the most. I mean, I mean, talk, I mean, talking about your life, Ernie, like you're, you're talking from guitar center to suicide silence. <coughs> yeah. It's like you, yeah. it's like you kind of did it. Yeah. It's in a, in, in probably one of the, the weirdest, wildest, like, f- you know, full circle ways or whatever. Um, you know, it's such, it's, it's so strange to be like, yeah, yeah. Like we've all kind of known a lot of the same people from the area for years, you know? Yeah. I, you know, I dropped out of high school in 2004, started hanging out and partying in Whittier, met Alex Lopez that way, you know, and all those Whoa. dudes, you, you know, uh, Carl and all those dudes, you know what I mean? Like just from hanging out in that area and going to backyard parties and we would play, we would play local shows and backyard shows with my, with my original band Solomus with, with Mylon Sheath and fucking Blackheart Eulogy and all those bands. Whoa. Yeah. It's, it, it's so crazy to think back to that. And then I get, I get the constant reminder this, uh, particularly in the last couple months, my 20 year high school reunion is coming up, which is fucking terrifying. Are you going? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> no way. I th- actually, I think we're gonna be on tour. <coughs> so that's my out. That's my excuse. I'll go for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, and to just kind of, you know, I, I guess do the work involved. You know, whereas, um, and I, we, we, you know, we've had this discussion before. I, um, I really, I really put all, I, I put all my chips in one basket with my band Solomus when we started. And, you know, I was like, damn, I was determined. I'm like, this is going to go, this is going to go someplace. You know what I mean? And we did, we had, you know, mild success at the local level and stuff like that. And it was cool. You know, we sold out the whiskey a handful of times, which in my mm, eyes, I, w- I was like yeah. 16 or 17. And it's that was a big badass, deal, man. you know? Yeah. I was a kid. I was a kid. So to be able to be like, oh yeah, I sold that place out before I was able to drink is, is crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then, <clears throat> you know, slowly but surely some of the other guys, I wanted to slow down and do other things and, you know, get stable jobs and all that stuff. And, you know, I think, uh, I mean, I pretty much knew when I dropped out of high school, I was like, I'm not going to have anything else work for me. Like, I'm going to make sure that music works for me one way or the other, you know, uh, in any capacity. And so, yeah, I, I you know, fast forward to God, 2013. Yeah, 2013, I was working at Guitar Center in Orange. <coughs> and... Yeah, I, I met a couple people there who were also, that's where I met Davier, and uh, he had just moved from Puerto Rico, and me and him kind of broke down, and he was telling me how he was just like, I just got here from PR, you know, I have this band, my entire band moved from Puerto Rico, uprooted our entire lives to move 
to the mainland because we want our band to get signed and we want to go on tour. Hmm. And listening to his story was like, damn, crazy inspiring. I was like, damn, I'm over here thinking I'm struggling. These dudes uprooted their entire lives on an island and moved over here to just try and make it work, you know? And uh, I pretty quickly realized, I was like, man, okay, this this whole Guitar Center thing, like, this this is just to help float the bills while I while I while I'm figuring it out because I'm gonna figure it out, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the I did the whole I I quit my I quit my job two days into my first tour as a drum tech with Chelsea Grin. Sick. And w- went out and did that for four and a half weeks. Came home, moved to Salt Lake City. How did wait, how did you get the uh, the the gig with uh, <coughs> with the Chel- Chelsea Grin? Just so people know. So I, uh, damn, this is an even crazier story. I got that gig as a result of doing a one-off gig for uh, Baby J when he was playing drums in Emir. He, they were playing, um, oh, uh, not Fest Ozfest when you guys did the Doors video that mm. same day. They got into town the night before and they were playing on Rental Gear. And Baby J was mutual friends with my old guitar player because they played video games online. And he asked oh, him, wow. hey, do you guys have a studio we can borrow? Me and Josh Travis want to run the set a few times before we play this weekend. I was just like, yeah, that's fine. You guys can come down here and use our gear. No biggie, you know? And so we ended up broing down. And uh, Baby J played my drums and was like, yo, this kit sounds phenomenal. Like, do you want to come to Knotfest and just, like, drum tech me? I'm playing on rental gear, and I'm sure it's going to be shitty. And I was like... Yeah, sure. Like, I'm not doing anything. He's like, I'll give you a laminate and you can just have access all day. Fair, good enough for me. I don't even give a shit about getting paid. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll just go hang out, you know? <coughs> so fast forward to that weekend. I go down there. Drum tech for him. He's stoked. He gets pumped. Uh, as a result of them playing that show and him being on, like, the the type of drum kit he was on, that same brand offered him an endorsement. Fast forward six or seven months later, Emir was on tour with Chelsea Grin Siler and Attila, I believe. Yeah. And Josh once again hit me up and was like, hey, we're we're gonna be in your town. We're in Pomona. Do you want to come down? And I just got a brand new drum set shipped to me and I need help putting it together, like at the venue. Mm-hmm. Sure thing. I'll come down. I did that, put his drums together, and Pablo happened to be walking by and saw me tuning up uh Josh's drums and just kind of was like, Hey man, like this drum sound really good. And I was like, Oh, thanks, you know. Like, you know, I didn't know who he was. I I had no idea who he was. Uh, and he goes, hey, do you want to take a crack at my kit? Like, it's back here, you know, in the green room. Like, I, you know, I can't quite get it to, like, sound how I want to. So I said, sure. I walked over after I was done. I took a crack at his kit. And fucking literally, they played that night. He came off stage and was like, and this this was October of 2016. And he goes, hey, man, we have a, we have a headliner with Ice Nine Kills in March of 2017 like are you interested in coming out on the road and you know i said yeah i was like yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say no that's an opportunity absolutely you know and to be honest i really thought he was yanking my chain i was like this guy's not gonna call me back you know um i went home that night he called me the next morning and was like hey do you have a passport if not go get one like we're gonna book you a flight and everything like you're good to go and i was like oh Okay. Wow. And so I went to work, told him, hey, this is the situation. I got offered this tour, and I'm going to take it. Whenever I need music gear, I always go to Sweetwater.com. If it's mics, headphones, or studio and recording gear, Sweetwater has you covered. Next time you need any music gear, support the podcast by using the link in the description and comment section below. And, uh, yeah, I pretty much told him, like, hey, you know, 
I'll be back in four weeks. At that time, I still had um, a guitar center allowed you to leave for tour. You would build up time off and they would give it to you to go on tour and stuff like that, which was pretty mm-hmm. tight. <clears throat> However, the loophole was if you got written up within 30 days of applying for tour leave, they wouldn't approve it. Well, I got written up for, you know, being an idiot. Of course. <laughs> Left on tour and they called me two days into tour. The corporate office was like, hey, you know, there was a problem with your paperwork. You know, you said you submitted for four weeks of tour leave. Well, it didn't get approved because you got a, uh, a written, uh, you know, disciplinary notice mm-hmm. within your 30 days. So you need you to come back to work. I was like, I'm somewhere in, uh, I was in Idaho. I was somewhere in Idaho and I was like, yeah, that's not going to, you know, it's not going to happen. And they were just like, oh, are you not in the area? I said, no, I'm out of the state. And they basically were like, okay, well, if you can't get back, you know, within this time frame, you know, we have to, we have to let you go. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, just go ahead and let me go. Like, just send whatever my last paycheck is to my, you know, direct deposit. And the rest is history, dude. That, when that happened, I was, I was on the bandwagon with the guys, you know, get, getting fired. <coughs> Pablo goes, uh, are you okay, dude? Like, do you, do you need to like fly home? And I was like, no, I'm good. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I just quit my job. Like, I'm, I'm not going to go back. And he was like, okay. And literally the rest is history. I never went back. We got home from that tour in April. He asked me to move in with him. I agreed. I went back home, packed up my little sign on my box, packed all my stuff in it and drove up to Salt Lake, moved in with Pablo. And shortly after that, well, he was in Europe. Uh, I got the call from Whitechapel that they were looking for a drummer. You know, Ben called me and told me that, you know, he was uh, parting ways and that, you know, he was like, hey, if you're interested, the guys are looking for someone and I'm, I'm going to help them find a replacement if you're interested. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, give them my info. And so, you know, it just kind of was like, know. yeah, it was the craziest happenstances of just like my name getting tossed around. And and to be completely honest, I'm still not entirely sure. It was such a fluid situation that even when I like, you know, even after like joining up with Whitechapel and, and being with them for, you know, two years or so. I still wasn't like I I knew that a couple people had mentioned me. Um uh I, John Berklin was one of them, which was really odd cuz I didn't even know that he that he knew that I played drums like that type of thing. But it turns out like a bunch of this is all kind of stemmed from one of my cover videos that I had done on YouTube that I thought was, you know, kind of a half-assed cover. Which one was it? Uh Saul's Law and Our Endless War. Really? I, yeah. Um Mel Torres asked if I wanted to do two cover videos because he needed someone to record in the studio he was working out of. And so um, I told him, sure, like, yeah, you know, and he's like, I'll mix the audio, the whole nine yards. It's is a, this? Yeah, is yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one right there. So yeah. okay. it's funny because I thought this came out when you were already doing chat. No. This was before. No, this was before. I didn't know that. Yeah. Play this shit, Jay. Yeah, that's solid, man. I was like, dang, Ernie looks young there. And oh, but yeah. but that but that explains it because you yeah. were Yeah, every, this was this must have been 2014, 2015. Huh. Seven years yeah, ago. Seven years ago. So yeah, 2015. Yeah. So you posted a cover seven <clears throat> years ago on YouTube. And yeah. now you're in Suicide Sounds. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked up. 
You know wow, what? Wow, that's so, wait, so wait, but did you did you just post this or do it just because I'm just gonna post a video on? Yeah, yeah. I you know I so I have. Unfortunately, it doesn't exist anymore. I have a really terrible ex girlfriend that I had. We I had all do. A, I had an old YouTube account that I had probably like twenty or thirty videos of me playing drum covers at home in the garage. I used to have. Hmm. How old? Fuck, I was like seventeen or eighteen. So older than oh, oh yeah, way, 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 way okay. older. I see. Way older, and uh, when we had our nasty breakup and all that. She blocked me out of the account. She oh, changed no. the password and shit, so I couldn't log in. It's what you get. It's what I get, dude. I went back searching the videos, and they were all gone, all of them. Mm. So the only two that exist, uh, well, other than this one, because this is on my channel, um, are the only two that exist that are like you know like recording quality was that one we just saw, and then I did Saul's the Law the same night as well. And so basically, that's what they sent to like Wade. And oh my Zachary. goodness! Yeah. And so Wade hit me up on a, on Facebook DMs, like Messenger, and was like, "Hey man, like you know we're looking we're looking for a drummer to you know do some do some touring." And I was like, "Yeah, dude, like you know Ben hit me up. I'm definitely interested." You know, he's like, "Cool, we got a couple festivals that we're already taking another guy out for, and uh, you know we'll, we're gonna see how that goes." But you know we want to you know want to keep you, you know on the book. And I said, "Okay, cool." And uh, right around uh, October, the end of October of 2017. Wade hit me up and was like, hey, we want to fly you out to do this uh, 10 years of somatic defilement tour. You know, mm. how fast can you learn these songs? Uh, I didn't have a drum set in Salt Lake with Pablo. I was using his kit at their rehearsal space, mm. which is nothing like the drum set I'm used to playing. Yeah. Um, and we have a, a mutual friend, Chris Sweet. Shout out, Chris Sweet. Has a pretty sweet kit in his basement down the street from where Pablo lived. They asked me for tryout videos of as many songs as I could send them. And uh, yeah, these don't exist on the internet. They only exist in my iPhone in a Dropbox. But I basically set up an iPhone in this dude's basement, like on a super shitty, like, you know, little tripod type thing, a little baby tripod. Mm -hmm. We put it on top of a PA speaker so that it would use like a decent height. Uh, and I basically just sat down there and had Pablo hit record on the phone. And I ripped through like, I don't know, like seven or eight Whitechapel songs. And I would, you know, take them, splice them into individual songs send him to Wade and he'd be like, okay, yeah, like that, you know, that needs a little bit of work, but it's pretty decent. You know, can you send us this song? Go right back, learn it real quick, play it, send it to him. I think in total I sent them, like what I sent them was probably like five or six videos. And then uh, Wade was like, yeah, we'll fly you out. Did my, you know, two years of touring with them, had some some crazy moments, got to tour with um, so with so many, so many cool dudes. Dahlia got to, got to spend a month and a half with Trevor, rest in peace. Um, yeah, and then when my time there came to an end, you know, we, uh, I don't, man, I wish I remember this accurately, but I believe, uh, I want to say it was Dan Kenny. I think Dan Kenny called me and was like, hey, man, like, you know, how's everything going? And I was like, oh, you know, it's cool. I'm just, I'm looking for whatever my next gig is going to be. And he's like, I know it's going to sound weird. He's like, but do you want to come jam with us? <laughs> I was just like, what? He's like, yeah, like, you know, just come down to studio, nothing, nothing crazy, just, you know, come down and jam some songs. And I was like, sure, you know, and, you know, without delving into too much, I was just like, I mean, yeah, like, that's, that's fine. He's like, hey, Jerry's going to call you tomorrow and kind of feel you on what's going on. But, you know, we want to jam with you. And I was like, mm -hmm. OK. And and then, yeah, and then at pretty much. Damn. Yeah. Every everything from that moment on <clears throat> the way it just kind of kept coming back full circle is super crazy. 
Because, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I was helping you guys out. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. I, you know, I'll lend a hand. Absolutely. I'm not doing shit right now. Why not? You know? Uh, and then, yeah, fast, dude, fast forward through COVID, sweeping that record under the rug. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy that, you know, we're almost done with 2023 and there's people that still don't know we put a record out <laughs> a week before COVID shut everything down. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it's been a crazy ride and it feels like it's been forever when in reality it's only been, you know, six or seven years. But damn, dude, so much has happened in that six or seven years, you know, that I'm super grateful for and like I'm very... I'm very happy and grateful to be where I'm at. You know what I mean? I could, I could be, you know, I could be doing anything else. You know, I could be working at McDonald's. I could be doing, you know, and there's nothing wrong with having a regular job. But like I said, when I, when I dropped out at 16 years old, I made the promise to myself that I would, that I would make music work. And here I am, I'll be 37 in November and still going. And I, you know, and I'm just as thrilled and happy about it now as I was then. It's a, you know, I know a lot of people tell, you know, will will tell you guys or other guys like, man, dude, your drummer just, just goes, he just doesn't stop. And it's like, I just, I, I don't have it in me to like, not necessarily turn it off, but I just, uh, you know, everything stokes me out. Even, even when, you know, even when there's a little bit of negativity or something like that, I, I, I'm quick to tune it out. Mm-hmm. I won't, I won't let it, I won't let it, you know, stall my day. If, yeah. You know, if something not sick is happening, I'm just like, well, you know what? It's cool. We'll put it off the side. We'll work around it and just keep going. I'm just, uh, you know, as as Mark says, you know, I'm just happy to be here. You know? When when you and Chap really split ties, how long was that time when <coughs> from that day to to DK calling you? <laughs> I think like. Damn. I remember the dates pretty clear. I got back from I got back from Mexico City. The dates were January twenty fifth and twenty seventh. I got back the twenty eighth, mm-hmm. and I'm fairly certain Dan Dan Kenny called me probably like hammered. N- <laughs> <laughs> um, I, dude, honestly, I don't even think it was a full week. It might it might have been like five days. Really? Yeah, it would, dude. It was the timing was so crazy that I thought like, hmm. I, that's why I, th- I thought I found it really weird because he did. He like he when I answered the phone, you know, I thought he was gonna be like, hey, we're having UFC at the house this weekend or something. You want to come watch the fight? And I was like, yeah. oh yeah, f- yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And you know, right away he was like, hey, dude, like, dude, sorry to hear about the chapel gig, man. It's a bummer. Like, you're a sick drummer. Don't worry, you'll land on your feet. Like, you know. And I was like, oh, cool, thanks. You know. So I thought it was just like one of those type of things. Like, you know, I got a couple phone calls from people like, oh, you know, it's all good. You're a sick drummer. You'll find another gig. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's why when he asked, I was just like, what? And he was like, yeah, you want to jam with us? And I was like, I, I didn't understand. I, I really was like, are you guys just trying to like hang out and like jam? Like, yeah, sure. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing shit. I'll come down and hit some fucking drums, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when I got there and, and was explained the situation and all that stuff, I was like, oh shit, okay. And I just remember thinking to myself, I'm like, how crazy was the timing? Then it's like, you know, I, I, I left that camp. And I did, I, that's, you know, I've never spoken about it publicly, but I, I, after I got the phone call and got let go of, <coughs> I panicked. Like that's, that's the first time in a long time where like I sat home and went, what am I going to do? You know, uh, my, my then, my then girlfriend was like, you know, don't worry about it. You've got some money saved up. Well, you know, we'll figure it out. But I was, I was terrified. I was like, shit. Like I, you know, I blew a gig. I don't, what am I going to do? You know? 
Yeah, uh, yeah that, that was one of my, actually, one of my questions. Like, okay, so that, that stops. I, I didn't really, under, I, didn't, I didn't know the time period. I don't know the five days, but probably for you, when you're grinding for, I mean, years, when it's like a gig goes away, like, yeah, I mean, what, were you thinking, like, this is it? I mean, is it, did, did I just blow it? And Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, again, like anything, it's a, it's a learning experience. You know what I mean? You're, you're getting, you're getting your feet wet. You're, you're learning, you're learning the ins and outs of how certain things work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, realistically, yeah, up and up until that point, I'd never lost a gig. It yeah. was just, you know, I was getting a gig or somebody's like, Oh, Hey, you're killing it. Cool. Let's hire you for this. You know? So I was like, okay, yeah. cool. Awesome. You know what I mean? So to, you know, to essentially, you know, you know, lose my first gig or whatever, or lose my first big drumming gig. Yeah, it was, it was it was a blow. I was like, oh shit! Like, you know, what am I gonna do? And I did. I had that moment of like panic at home. Like, I sat in the kitchen, just like, fuck, what am I gonna do? You know. And so, like I said, when Dan Kenny called me, I was like, okay, this is weird. Like, what are the what are the chances that these guys need someone to jam with a week after playing my last gig with Chapel? Like, s- strange, you know. So weird. And yeah, and then we went through that whole process, and you know, I got to cut a record with Steve Evans, and I had a blast doing that. You know, I. <clears throat> Dis- despite, you know, the 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 shortcomings of the situation in terms of it like being released in COVID and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of that record. It's my it's my it's my first recorded drum performance. Yeah. Yeah. On any on anything that, that was like well not anything, but you know, major. You know, like like major label type of thing. You know, I had done records prior in local bands and stuff like that and like um, you know, just like independent stuff, nothing that that you and I would have ever heard you know, so that that was that was very much like eye opening for me too. You know, and because initially, I was I was just supposed to help with the writing process of kind of like speeding things up, and you know, Alex would step in and, and track his drums and all that stuff. And then when I got asked to just track the record, I was like, oh shit! Like again, it was another one of those moments where I was like, damn, I've never done this. I've never tracked drums in a big studio with like a big producer or anything like that. So it's like, you know, so everyone's always very like, why aren't you the same age as the guys? I'm like, yeah, but it happened a lot later for me in the game. Mm -hmm. Whereas you guys already had four or five albums under your belt. I didn't have one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just like, everything was like super like learning as you go on the fly, you know? And, um, fake it till you make it kind of deal. I mean, yeah, kind of, (laughs) you know, and you know, thank, thankfully, Evitz is a a stellar dude to work with. You know, he's 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 got his his quirks about him. But I had you know I enjoyed tracking drums and we had a good time. You know what I mean? That was a cool experience for me. You know, so much momentum. And then like, you know, we got the record done, sent it off to get mixed and all that stuff, and everyone was stoked. And then COVID was just like, well, hang on, guys, we got other plans. And it just kind you know Man. yeah kind of put the put the candle out on that one real quick. And I was like, wow, shit, okay. And then again. You know, right, right back to that. Uh, you know, somewhat of a, of a scare, of a scary time, because then it was just like, damn, you know, what are we, what are we gonna do? Now it wasn't just scary for me; it was scary for everyone. Yeah. Because now everyone in, in music and in touring had no gig, had no job. Yeah. And you know, and so and suddenly, I, as much as I hate to say it, I didn't feel so alone. I was like, damn, you know what? I'm not the only one struggling right now. Everyone else is too. Like this is real. We don't know when it's gonna come back or if anyone's ever gonna, you know, go, you know, go back and tour. And uh, again, 
that also made me real uh, resourceful. You know, I started up my drum repair business out of the house during COVID, and that pretty much carried me through most of COVID. Hmm. Um, then we, you know, got on tour, and I was out with Ginger as a drum tech. And, uh, yeah, I did those couple of fill-in shows with you guys on that tour. And, you know, fuck, that was... Other than the fact that, I, you know, I played the songs 800 times too fast all four nights that I played with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't realize it. I was nervous. I was nervous, jacked, jacked up on Red Bull, of being course. like, holy shit, these guys are having me play the set with them, which I learned in the green room on a practice pad with Mark. Of course. That was like, oh, this is going to be a nightmare. And, you know... I can look back at it now fondly and laugh because I was like, well, you know, it wasn't great. It definitely wasn't great, but it probably wasn't the worst thing either. You know, I was definitely yeah. hard on myself after the fact. Um, yeah. And then and then it was like reliving that whole thing over again. I was back home. Tour was over. I, uh, I, was, at, I was at the bar. I was at the bar working when you called me. He called. It was dude. It was like it was like fucking like nine a.m. when you called me. Yeah. So so for for everyone <coughs> listening, Ernie got two calls. One was to play drums for Become a Hunter because we were having issues, and uh, which I, I'm, I can only imagine. So you so you you mentioned that okay, like you, uh, this is my first like real album. I, you know, I'm a Steve Babbitt's. I mean, you're faking it until we make it. Yeah, yeah, I got it. You know, uh, and then. But, <coughs> But on top of that, you're also walking into a situation where we're not exactly the best frame of minds, which is even more weirder. Yes. Which means what you really had to, I can only imagine you had, you had to really maintain like a professional. Super. Like, super. Like, how was that for you? Intimidating. Intimidating. And I can say that to you now confidently. You of course, know, you yeah. Know. But I, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I didn't, up. I didn't, well, you, you know, and and here's the thing too. I it also le it also left me with like the uh, <clears throat> the whole like I under I understood what my assignment was. You know, I was filling mm -hmm. in for a record. Mm -hmm. But even just filling in for a record, I d I didn't want to come in over promise and then under deliver. Sure. And and be fucking shot and be like, well, okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was it was my worst fear. It was yeah. my worst fear. And then. Like day one, getting sounds with Evitz, and then him rambling off the list of albums that he worked on that we grew up listening to. And I was like, holy shit. I'm tracking drums with this dude that's tracked drums on every one of my favorite records in the early 2000s. And I'm just like, this guy's gonna work me, you know what I mean? But uh, I, I, I felt like you, got, you guys definitely made me feel welcome through that process. It wasn't like, you know what I mean? I didn't. I didn't come in and immediately feel like I was just like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm being kept completely separate from whatever's going on. And I understand, like, for business purposes and stuff like that, yeah, sure. there's certain shit that I wasn't involved in, and that's fine. But as far as, like, you know, like, when we got in the jam room and started and started writing and stuff like that, and, you know, it's it took me probably, like, two or three days worth of jamming with you guys before I really was like, okay, like... I can I can breathe a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I was like I was still unsure of what my ability was going to be like in terms of what you guys wanted to have written and stuff like that, you know? Cuz I and again, I I've always been used to the the, the hired gun gig. So it's like, yeah. you know, you step into something like that, 
I can't just walk into a situation and be like, cool, this is what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Versus like, well, it's your guys' band. It's mm-hmm. your guys' call. And you got to tell me like, oh, hey, is this a no-go? Is this a yes-go? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And so same thing. I just I wanted to be as professional as I could and not show up and, you know, <laughs> be a total chooch or whatever and be like, yeah, I'm just kind of going to do my thing over the record and whatever, you know, hope it sounds good. It's like, yeah. but I'm, I'm also aware that you guys don't do things that way either. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was very like... It was very reassuring, even though there was a lot of negativity going on with the situation and everything. Yeah. The process was still one of the most fun times, periods in my life. Like, to just be like, hey, I get to hang out with the boys in the studio for eight hours a day, track drums on this record, um, be a part of the creative process of hearing these songs come together, which is still, to this day, my favorite thing to do. Of course. I love love playing on stage, but I love being in the studio, watching something come together. It's fun. Yeah. And then something happened. Uh, I don't even know, but we were were we about to do a? a, a f- hmm? Oh, thank you. <laughs> don't make, don't make a fucking mess, dude. I'm not. It's on. Okay. It's on. The, it's, on the, it's on the coaster. <laughs> okay. There's a. So there was like a kind of a what? What's the word? Inkling where maybe Alex is not going to come back. And we heard a rumor that Ernie was saying that he was in the band, and we were fucking pissed, pissed. Fast forward, so 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 we heard a rumor. Alex came back, but he had but he had a tryout. So you Ooh. so you and Alex remember so you and Alex yes. had a tryout. Yes, because we to be real, I don't really know what was going on. Every, we were still at the phase where every person's kind of <coughs> trying to grow up. And then, um, so Alex had to retry out. And then you tried out. And so people understand what kind of person you are, Ernie, is that you were helping Alex with stuff. Yeah. That that he might need to uh, yeah to make his tryout better. Yeah. Uh, t- talk about what yeah. was going on in your mind, dude. That's a trip. That it, is, that is good karma right there. Heavy, heavy, and you know, and <clears throat> a I just I like you know Alex is my homie. I love the guy. Mm-hmm. I love him to death. And I'm I'm the kind of I'm the kind of person that that you know. Well, I don't think anybody would ever feel good about being in bad standings with somebody or or feeling like you're uh, stepping on somebody's toes. Yeah, because it was. I mean, honestly, dude, it was it was a big deal. It was a big deal when it went from being asked to just help write. To just being like, hey, fuck it, do you want to track the record? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, I believe, you know, I think Mark asked me at the at the rehearsal space in Pico. Yeah, I went I went home and like I thought about it for like the whole night. I was like, is this something I want to do? Is this a good idea? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. on one hand, it's like, damn, it would be a sick opportunity to do this because I love the guys and it would be my first, you know, recorded performance. You know, mm-hmm. in, you know, in the in the big time or whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> on the other, Alex is my homie, and I don't know how I feel about that. You know what I mean? And uh, it's a tough spot, dude. It's super, super, super. And to, <laughs> there was so much weirdness going around. <clears throat> there was, and then to get and then to get put into that spot the second time, this last go around, when you finally you know asked me to join and stuff like that. This is the second phone call that Garza is going to tell you guys about right now. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it was like, oh shit, here we go again. Like. 
you know. Okay, so again, fast forward. Ernie helps out Alex with, with, with some stuff. Alex got the gig again. And then it ended up really not working out. And then, uh, but part of way is great. And then, what was it January? Around the same time that DK called you the first the time? The last week of January. Okay, so I had to do some. Okay, so I personally did, didn't like you as far as like your like drumming style. Yeah. But then once. I don't know. We were all going through a phase. I was going through my phase, and I was really processing, okay, what do I really think about myself? And then, obviously, now you have a better, clear, you know, clarity with other people. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to call him and just talk. And then, yeah. and then let's just see how we re- really vibe, as opposed to, like, you walk into a situation, and it's just weird. Yeah. You know, no, no one knows what's going on. And, all right, so we, I, I called you. We met... So this is a span of two days. Like, yeah. we talked with Alex. I <coughs> called you that day, and we met the next day. Yep. And got and got lunch and yep. talked for about two hours. Went to uh, was was was, was that Boss Cat? Boss Cat it was a great a great yes, restaurant. Sir. We just sat. They have a nice like kind of outside but inside. Yeah. Kind of covered, covered patio. Type yeah, thing. yeah, it was, it was sick. And I, was, I had questions ready. I had shit on my mind. And I was like, you know what? Let's just let's just hear him out and me not be of. A closed-minded idiot like I've always been. <laughs> so you know, a lot, there it is, boss cat. Yeah, we sat, <laughs> we sat, we sat right there. Damn, right, baby, right yeah, we, we actually window. sat right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> love that, love that. <laughs> now, what were you thinking when I called you the second time? Um, <clears throat> I'm I'm gonna be brutally, brutally honest for a second. Yeah. When we got to the end of that ginger tour, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the fall or whatever, um, you remember everyone went home. I flew to Knoxville and filled in for Whitechapel one more time for that oh, Christmas yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. And Wade was like, "Hey, we need someone to," you know. I was like, "Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll come down here and do it." Mm-hmm. Uh, I flew out and did that. Uh, but I remember that that last night in Arizona, just felt like everybody was walking around on eggshells with the situation that was going on, mm. and I was just like, "Man, like." In the back, in the back of my head, I was like, "Damn, like, is it, is this it? Like, is it, is it gonna happen? Like, you know, like, everyone, see, everyone just kind of seems very tired and stressed and like over the entirety of the situation, you know. And I mean, mm-hmm. uh, poor guy, dude. I mean, you know, you know, Alex losing his father didn't help the situation any whatsoever. It, mm-hmm. it exasperated it. And uh, so I went, I went home. I, I went to Knoxville, did that show, flew home." You know, spent the holidays or whatever and went back to work, went back to my regular job at the bar. And uh, I think I just I just kind of like put it out of sight, out of mind type of thing. I'm like, OK, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm back to work. I'm at the bar bartending in the morning and, you know, that whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, definitely not expecting a phone call. Certainly not one that soon. Mm-hmm. And I'll, like I said, I, I have the text, dude. January 29th. I'll show it to you. You can look it up. Sick. Uh <clears throat> you called me, I picked up, and I, the only reason I answered is because there was only, like, two people sitting at the bar, and I had already served them. So I was just, like, standing behind the counter washing dishes, you know, just waiting for, you know, some of my regulars to show up. Mm-hmm. And so when I answered the phone, I was like, shit, I, should I answer this on the job right now? I was like, fuck it. I was like, hello? You were like, hey, like, you know, what are you up to? And I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at the bar serving right now. You were like, can you talk? And I was like, uh, yeah, give me one second. I literally went in the back office, like in our office, like where we count our drawers and stuff out, and just left those two people out there, like unbelievable. 
being a being a total stand up employee, dude. You know what I mean? But the truth is, I got excited for your phone call, and I was just like, well. I'm not gonna fucking you you eat. you had to have known okay this is a this is this is a phone call yeah yeah it, sick it, there's 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 <laughs> honestly dude there's something different in like in a person's voice when you can tell it's like hey like this is serious mm-hmm. you know like we're about to talk business type of thing you know what I mean and I think everyone who's ever been in a hired gun position or you know trying yeah. out for something knows that feeling mm-hmm. you know what I mean I've experienced it multiple times now you know what I mean yeah um. And so, yeah, you were like, hey, like, do you want to get lunch later? You know, how's noon? I was like, dude, I get off at noon. That's perfect. Let's meet at Bozcat. Cool. Mm. Honestly, dude, I didn't I didn't know what to expect. I know what I wanted the conversation to be like. Sure. But I, I, didn't, I didn't know what it was going to be like because I also hadn't gotten that kind of FaceTime with you, like one-to-one. You yeah. know what I mean? Obviously, you know, we goof off on tour or whatever, you know, joke around, get coffee, whatever the fuck, you know. But it's like having a serious conversation like that, I was very, like, I was very intimidated, but also very That's like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't know, dude. Garza's buff, dude. He's, I'm pr- he's scary. I'm pretty shredded. He's pretty- <laughs> I'm fucking shredded. <laughs> I got I got two inch triceps, dude. What's up? <laughs> it's all a thin crust, dude. Yeah. Uh, and you know, so we sat down, and I'm actually I'm really really like. I'm really thankful that that conversation happened the way it did. You hit me very straight. You, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It wasn't like, hey, we're going to cut the shit and we're going to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was just like, damn, okay. Like, we kind of we kind of got right down to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it. We covered a lot of ground in two hours sitting there. We did. Yeah. We did. And I was just like, damn, all right, this is this is the thing. Like, this is, you know, this is, this is happening. And, uh, you know, I, again... Uh, you know, you you uh, you recited to me what your guidelines were and what you wanted from me as a, as a drummer and all that stuff. And I was like, cool. And, you know, I, I, t- I take all that stuff very, like, constructively, too. I'm, I'm glad that I'm not one of those people that will get, you know, offended mm-hmm. if someone's like, well, hey, I don't like what you do type of thing. Yeah. That's cool. I'm not for everybody. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to take it as, oh, well, you know, what do you know? You know, you're a guitar player. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's... <laughs> <laughs> So it's just like, you know, I did. I, and I, I'll, I'll never forget, dude. I went home. I went home and literally I still had my full drum kit set up inside my room because of COVID. Oh, yeah. And it had the mesh heads and all that stuff on it. So I could play it. <coughs> and it, it didn't make any sound. It was it was quiet. And basically I kind of like, I kind of like booted Sid out of the room, dude. I was like, yo, like, you want to go hang down in the living room or something like that? Like, I got I got some work I need to do type of thing. And immediately just started like, you know, not not necessarily unlearning everything that I had learned up to that point, like with chapel sure. and stuff like that, you know, but just kind of like letting the technical stuff, the super techie stuff, take a bit of a backseat mm-hmm. and learning how to, you know, be more of a, you know, big, you know, big heavy hitter type of thing. Because that wasn't mm-hmm. always my forte, you know, and that's yeah. that's what you wanted from me. And I was just like, damn. And at first I, found, I remember finding it really difficult. I was like, shit, dude. The day that I go sit down and jam with these dudes, I'm going to blow it. I'm going to hit the drums, and he's going to be like, nope, you got to hit them way harder. You know what I mean? And he did. I got, <laughs> mm. We jammed, and you were like, you can hit harder. Like, you could definitely hit way harder. By the way, quick uh, quick backup, that that coming out of um, Become the Hunter, when, you know, when me and Alex had to try out, essentially, again, mm-hmm. that was the most... 
I don't, I can't even tell you that. Dude, like, that's the most embarrassed I've ever been trying out for anything. I was so fucking unprepared, dude. And I remember Mark called me. He was like, hey, man, so, you know, I want to add on to the pile of weirdness. You know, you just got done doing this record with us. How do you feel about coming out and, like, learning the set, you know, potentially maybe going to South America with us? And I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, okay, well, like, when do you, you know, when do you guys want to jam or whatever? And he was like, this weekend, like, you know, Friday or Saturday, whatever it was. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, uh, yeah, like, yeah, dude. What I should have done was immediately sat down and learned the songs. Instead, I spent an entire 24 hours panicking about how I was going to learn these songs the right way. Mm. Listen to, because that's, it's kind of my thing. Like, you know, I learned by ear. So I, you know, I put them in headphones and listened to the songs, you know, the yeah. the, the classics, and the, and then went down there, and then just completely fucking blew it. I was like, holy shit, dude! And like when we got done playing, and I tore my kid down and left, I remember just thinking, I was like, Jesus, dude! I I felt sick to my stomach. I was like, fuck! I was like, I just I looked. It. Oh, I was like, dude, I looked like a total amateur in front of all these dudes right now on my super sick sparkle blue kit. Dude. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that that was another thing. But, uh, you know, if, yeah, uh, moving back to, you know, present day or whatever. Um, yeah, I took I took very seriously what you had put down on the table. And, you know, I was basically, just like, yeah. basically, I was like, you know, you need to yeah, you need to hit harder. And then I was really ev- evaluating what I first thought of you. And then I really said, looking at one thing, you know, we, we as humans have a t- tendency of like, OK, I'm going to look at this fucking thing like like a mi- microscope wait it's not just this it's like the, it's a whole thing wait yeah. then i thought about it. oh wait he's been on tour with Whitechapel for fucking two years learning a certain way a certain tempo a certain style of drumming it's very different from us it's very different completely and completely. then you go stripping out to us yeah it's gonna it's, it's gonna be so uh, what, what were some things that you had to unlearn Whew. um the the um i gu- i guess a degree of like i i don't want to say tightness because i i still like playing tight but you know like there was it was the, it was We're that, sloppy it's fine it, yeah you, you know what i mean dude orville redenbacher on the on the popcorn feet <laughs> um no um but you're right i had uh, the biggest one was getting the click out of my head mm. cuz that that's really what what sideswiped me for playing in Sui. mhm I get, you know, I get that there's a record, you know, Black Crown or whatever that was done with a click, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. But it, even at that, I mean, dude, I mean, look, I, it's been almost fucking two years now and we have not played with a click, not once. We play all yeah, the songs with no click, true. no nothing. And people don't even know. True. You know? Um, so that was a big one was true, was man. learning to play without a click, learning to play without backing tracks. Um, it was obviously a, a much more raw feel. And then the big one was, yeah, was hitting with more volume and power and like intensity. Because in, in in Whitechapel, I had gotten so – I don't even want to say reliant. It's just the way that those songs are structured, you know. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on that after a certain speed and, like, technical ability, you're not going to be able to play some of those songs at a volume up here. Mm-hmm. They're going to get played right here where you can where you can comfortably play 17 of those songs a night mm-hmm. and not be burnt out because they're, they're fucking difficult songs to play. They are. Um, again, yeah, that was another big one too. Stepping into a guy like Ben's fucking shoes, I was just like, Jesus, dude, he's a monster, he's a fucking freak, a freak. 
And so, un- like, having to unlearn that kind of method and style, it, 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 it honestly was difficult. And just trying to, like, get out of my head and be like, yo, swing. Swing a little harder. You know, let your hi-hats ring open a little further. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Loosen up your cymbals. Hit the shit out of them. You know what I mean? It was, like, a, a conscious effort to get to that point. You know what I mean? That was that was definitely the biggest one, you know? And then, uh, yeah. I, like I said, I was so, I, <laughs> I was so stoked. Uh, my first tour uh, of Chaos and Carnage with you guys, when I when I finally broke a pair of sticks on stage, I was like, "Holy oh shit!" This is n- no, seriously, for for anyone watching, I mean, sure. breaking sticks it's not a thing for me. It's not. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can I can count on how many shows I played at Whitechapel, how many sticks I ever wore out. It didn't happen. I might drop one here or there, but I never I never broke a stick. Hmm. Literally, the day I broke a stick playing on stage with Suey, I was like. There it is. Like I, I'm, you know. I did it, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was like a weird sense you, of accomplishment. You know what I mean? Are you proud of me, Garza? <laughs> I <like>, no. <laughs> are you proud of me now? <laughs> that that would um, that would have to be what I would consider to have been the most like, most difficult slump to overcome. You mm-hmm. know, and and then also, under understanding how to right with you guys while still having my own flavor on it of course and and not wanting to just be like okay well i want to replicate whatever alex did you know what i mean we're two different drummers very you know he's def he's definitely much more that the punk rock fucking flailing everywhere you know what i mean that's mm-hmm. his shit 100 mm-hmm. and you hear it you can hear you i mean obviously People knew before we had, he had even announced that I had done the previous record. When the singles came out, people were like, oh, that doesn't sound like Alex playing drums. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There were people that right away were like, oh, strange. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's because at that point, I was definitely still still playing a lot of the, you know, my mentality was still very much, oh, I had like the Whitechapel Chops thing going still. So everything was very tight, very precise, very consistent. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you can hear it. You can hear it in, in some of those songs. Uh, and so that's, I'm I'm very, you know, with the new album, with Remember You Must Die, I, I'm really stoked that we went with somebody like Taylor Young also because he's very much, you know, like a super raw guy. And I think he helped get a little more of that out of me too, where of he was just like, he was like, yeah, you're fucking, you're doing too much, do less. And I'm like, okay. You know Sick. what I mean? Like, and that's tight. I've never had anyone tell me to do that. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know, I've never had to do that, so I was like, okay, That's cool. Great. And then, sure enough, listening to those takebacks and being like, damn, okay, this works. This makes sense. You know what I mean. And so that's and and now, I think, uh, at least I'd like to think I'm at a, I'm at a point with my drumming in Suicide Silence where I'm like, okay, I've, I'm starting to shape my own identity. You know, where I can I I have a bit of my flair while also retaining the very big, you know, bombastic like like punk type drumming but you know now we now you've got the secret weapon of having you know double strokes on on certain songs i can play you know a fast passage here or there yeah not overkill it you know what i mean because you don't want to beat them to death with that shit mm-hmm. but it's there if i need it yeah. you know what i mean so it's cool I'm, I'm i'm very like i'm very i'm very blessed and very happy that having uh having you allow me to be myself in the fucking band 
Yeah. Because I know there are there are people that own bands that run bands that would that wouldn't do that. They'd be like, well, no, it needs to be done like this, mm-hmm. and I won't accept anything different. You know what I mean? You basically gave me the guideline, and you were like, here, do this, but do it the way you would do it, mm-hmm. and that's pretty badass. Yeah, it takes uh, you gotta let you gotta let people fly, you know, because that that could potential. That has the potential for it to be better than you would think that you can do personally. You just let people fly, go go through the growing pains. <coughs> you know, it, it takes a while to find to find your groove. But shit, it took Eddie a fucking the decade to find to, to yeah. find any kind of groove. It takes it takes a while, and you, I, I think I think you're doing a great job, Ernie. Thanks, man. You know, it's you know, I uh, I I, <clears throat> I wholeheartedly like firmly believe I I couldn't like couldn't have picked a better group of dudes to like wind up with and be in a band with, you know what I mean? Like I, it's, it's, you know, I'm not going to get emotional about it. It's like, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's like, dude, especially from going from being in a, in a local band that I was in for almost fucking 10 years at that point mm-hmm. with my brother and friends from school that, that we had come up together yeah, to watch that kind of diminish and fall apart and everyone go and do their own thing. Yeah. And me be like, fuck, okay, like, am I ever going to get that feeling again? Am mm. I ever going to, like, have the, you know, the camaraderie, the, the the tightness with a group of dudes that are, like, very much on the same page, you know, in terms of, like, hey, what we're doing, you know what I mean? And it, it was it was, it was was difficult, dude. And same thing, like, I, you know, I, uh, I think, I think I felt the first bit of that while filling in for Whitechapel, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those guys have all grown up together. And come up together, and they very they were very polite to me. They were very nice and made me feel as accommodating as possible. But I think in my own head, I never quite felt. You know what I mean? Like part of an entire unit, mm-hmm. and you know, and and who knows? Maybe that could have just been me being in my own head because I'm like, yo, this is my first gig. Don't fuck it up. You know what I mean? But this 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 situation was completely different, in in the best way. Like in the best way, I was like, damn, okay, like this this didn't feel forced. I, I came mm-hmm. in you know, got my bearings greased and stuff like that. And it just felt like, I'm like, Hey, I'm hanging out with the boys and we're fucking, we're writing music and everyone's <clears throat> stoked to be writing music together. And you know, it's, it's a, it's a very, it's a very special, cool thing to have that with a group of dudes. And yeah, man, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to be here. I'm pumped to still be able to be doing this, you know, at the, at the level that we're doing it at. And I'm glad that things are, you know, on the, on the up and up and, yeah, I don't. I don't see myself slowing down anytime soon. You know, how old are you again? <clears throat> thirty six. I'll be thirty seven in November, so not yeah. not too far off the mark. Uh, you're, you're pretty much thirty seven. Oh yeah, and yeah, you have in a, a, a another thing people need to realize is you never lost like your energy and you're super enthusiastic. You're fucking driving a fucking Penske truck. Across, across the country, dude. Across, and no, no matter what, and you know you've. It's weird, like we're all older, so you got you're you're getting a very like unique hazing. It's Super. not it's not like you're the new guy, blah blah blah. It's, it's more like fucking drive drive the truck, huh. and you're and you're and after everything, and you're still super like positive no matter no matter what, and then. Um, Actually, this this morning I wrote down. Uh, I have a a gratitude list. Yeah, I, I've been writing. I, I learned that from uh, 
from Randy, Randy Bly. Um, I, 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 I just finished reading this book. And I guess like this thing, like a, a gratitude list. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to try it. And today's my second day. And uh, you were, you were in there. Was, oh, I, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm grateful for, for the, the energy and enthusiasm and just positive vibes you put into back, back into the, the uh, band. It's cool. That, I appreciate that. That does, that does, um, that, sh- that shit does mean a lot to me. I like, like I said, this this kind of goes back to the whole like, uh, you know, <clears throat> you know, if whether there's some kind of s- something, you know, some sort of small, you know, negativity, you know, we, we get a fucking a less than pleasing email, whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, you know what? Which is going to happen? You know, yeah, hundred percent. And those are those happen. are those are punches you have to roll with, mm-hmm. you know. But I've I've come to find that it's like, dude, if you if you let small things like that sideline you that bad. This is probably not something you want to be doing. No. Because it's going to continue happening. Mm-hmm. It's not always going to be sick. Yeah. And that's and that's that's something that I think a lot of people these days, especially with social media, don't get. Because no. all they get the scope of is the sick stuff. Oh, look at that fucking room. It's packed out. Yeah. The stage is fucking crazy. And it's like, yeah, that's awesome for the hour that we're up there and stuff like that. But there's so much behind the scenes work involved and phone calls and emails and conversations you don't want to have and stuff like that. And it's oh, like cool. If you if you if you're the kind of person that lets that kind of thing ruin your entire day, this is not a gig for you. Um, however, if you're willing to be understanding about that and understand that with the negativity also comes the positivity, and there's always going to be plenty of fucking good times, you know, amongst the you know the the lows, there will always be highs. I like to think of myself as the kind of person that I, I you know, and I know I know I can be a bit of a fucking cheerleader. But I, I like to keep everyone's morale high. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. hey, dude, like, you know, we're out here. We're doing our thing. You know, we could fucking be at home flipping burgers or doing nothing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, and so, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I I get that from a lot of people. They're just like, damn, dude, you're just like, how are you always in such a good mood? I'm like, because it takes too much fucking energy to be in a bad mood, man. Like, if, it, you know, and I'm not saying that I don't get negative. I mean, everyone has their days. You know what sure. I mean? That shit's going to happen. However, I... I I do my best to not to not bring it around the group. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For the sake of, hey, we're keeping things rolling. You know what I mean? Anyone can have a fucking bad day. You're, you're allowed. You're human. You know? But when it comes to, you know, us as a unit, dude, the the steam that we have right now as a group and as a as a as a as a unit is is crazy, dude. It's crazy. And and I have the rare perspective of being an outsider having watched when things weren't going super great and, you know, when you guys were going through your ups and downs, whether it be from Mitch, from Eddie joining from, you know, and, you know, fans not being accepting of Eddie. It's just like, damn, dude, like, you know, talk, talk about kicking someone while they're down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To, to here we are, to, to here we are in 2023. And now I'm in the band with you guys. And it's like, I got, I got the rare opportunity to watch that on the sidelines. It's crazy. And, and understand that I'm like, man, I want to do my part and my best to make sure that that never happens again. Like I'm mm. going to give it 110 always, you know what I mean? <coughs> and so, yeah. So I, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I like to, I like to stay as positive as possible. You know what yeah, I mean? Man. You know, from guitar center to 
playing shows with Lamb and God. It was, it felt, it was sick, man. It was great. To playing with the boys, dude. It's a great, it's a great weekend. Absolutely. Great weekend. First, first hometown show in uh, 15, 16 years. Riverside showed up, dude. It's cool. Riverside showed up. That's that was, it's a crazy show. It was. It was a wild show. How was it for you? Fantastic. It was sick. I had a great time. You know, uh, I had I had some I had some points during the set in my playing where I was like, you know, I was I I knew I was getting a little adrenalized. You know what I mean? Sure. But you know, I reeled it in. Like I said, usually yourself or Mark will take a look at me and be like. You know, yeah, bring yeah. it down. But yeah. I mean, other than that, it was good. Had a good time. Good friends, good hangs. All the boys in Acacia Strain, the Lamb of God guys, sweethearts. We saw Bill Burr. Crazy. Yeah. He, yeah. You, fuck, you fucking look over there. There he is. He's a real person talking. He is. Damn, and, and, sick. and he plays drums, dude. It's so sick, dude. I love that. He's <laughs> probably one of the best comedians on the, on, on the planet. Absolutely. My, I mean, my, my, my two top picks are him and Chappelle, dude. Oh, yeah. Dude, Dave, Dave and Bill Burr. Can't touch them, dude. Just fucking just, legends. Just legends. legends, man. Straight man. up. I wonder. Uh, I just seen him at the show. I wonder if he just came out just to chill for like an hour. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I guess they. Um, I guess he had something to do because I asked Randy because he he was standing side stage with me when he was talking to Art. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I was like, "Is he staying for the whole show?" He's like, "Nah." He's like, "He just came down to hang with Art for like sound check and like, mm-hmm. you know, get the." You know, get the sound check experience and like get to rip on his kit type of thing. Nice. Um, but I, I think he had something to do. But I would have been that would have been real tight. Imagine Bill Burr watching our set, dude. He would have been like, "Damn, these guys are shot, dude." <laughs> I've seen probably hearing doubles. <coughs> the cl- the cleanest doubles he's ever heard. Dude, what what made you start doing? Uh, they called they called du- doubles, right? Mm-hmm. Double strokes. What what made you start doing that? Um. <laughs> so. Uh, I, you know, when I got into heavy music and all that stuff, the, um, the two, like the two, like drummers that I looked up to the most, like in like, right in that 2000, 2001 era was Raymond from Fear Factory and Andals from Chimera. Mm-hmm. And they were both, they were both machines. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why so much of my sound kind of got shaped like that, where it was very like, yeah, you know, like a drum machine. And for some bands, it's fantastic. That shit works, you know? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> then, funny enough, m- my local band played a show, holy shit, in 2009? 2009 and 2010 mm. with Knights of the Abyss. Sick. And New Guy was playing drums in Knights of the Abyss. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he that's the first time I'd ever seen somebody do that oh wow and i was just like whoa what the fuck like what's going on over there that's crazy like his feet are barely moving you know and so i I watched i watched him from side stage for a little just like whatever that guy's doing i need to figure that out because he's playing lightning speed Mm. and and it's like he looks like he's doing half the work and then so as luck would have it who who would have known fast forward you know two three years later that he would wind up being in Whitechapel. uh and when they put out self-titled in 2012, I was fucking blown away at the drumming. I was just like, holy shit. This dude carried him to another level of musicality. Yeah. And so the, the parts that he was able to play with his feet because of playing double strokes, I saw it as, damn, you know what? That's another cool tool to have in the bag right there. You know, if you top out at a certain speed mm-hmm. with one technique, you can learn how to do this mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, and achieve higher speeds and stuff like that. And so I essentially... 
<coughs> kind of learned from just like watching like videos on YouTube of like other cats that were doing it. Him. I'm spacing on the other guys. Uh, I mean, I would watch like guys like George Coleus, but those dudes are all, you know, heal up and swivel, which mm. is which is wild. It's also a wild technique. And then, uh, yeah, basic basically, it was Ben that kind of like put me in the fast track, being like, "Damn, okay, I need to learn how to do that." And then I I figured it out on my own. Started slow, gradually worked my way up. Can you figure it out on your own? You saw okay, well, I want to uh-huh. do that. Then you started practicing. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. And I would I would record myself with the phone. I would stick it on the ground right by my pedals. Yeah. And just watch to see what my if my feet were both, you know, doing the same thing and staying consistent. Um, you know, a lot of trial and error. Uh I would have really bad days of rehearsal where I would like record myself, look back and be like, Jesus, this learning curve is gonna take forever. And then it just it started to click. It became such a natural motion for me hmm. that, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm at a point now where I can start and stop whenever I can go from playing a slow passage, heel up and just drop my feet down and start you know, immediate playing fast. You know, we have a couple parts like that in the new album. Yeah. You know, even just like, like you must die, you know, bum, 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 you oh, know yeah. what I mean? That's going from a single foot to dropping down and playing doubles real quick. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, it's cool. It's a cool technique to have in, in the bag. I think there was a time when I thought it was everything. I was just like, hell yeah, yeah dude, doubles on fucking everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I realized I'm like, you know what? It's not everything. It's a cool trick in the bag. Yeah. Don't, don't overdo it. You know what yeah, I mean? It took you a couple years to uh, learn that with us. Oh yeah. 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 To really, hone in on that and not fucking beat it to death. You know what I mean? And now you want to put gravities on the next record, dude. Let's go. <laughs> dude, gravity is coming right up. It's crazy. So it was uh it was Ben before he got the Whitechapel gig. I know small I, I don't small think I knew that. world. Dude. It's a small world. Insanely small world. I remember seeing Knights of the Abyss Mall there they were they guys are pretty good. They were sick, dude. Calling of the Wolves? Yeah. Nasty dude. I gotta revisit that band. They they have a show, they got back together. I don't know who's playing drums, and I know yeah. their their dude Griffin passed away many a couple of years ago. They did like a benefit for him in Arizona, mm. but um, the band got back together and they're playing a show. I I don't know if it's an AZ or here. It might be like at seventeen twenty or something like that. I think it's that chain reaction. Is it that chain? It was yeah. It was. Oh, did it already happen? Yeah. Oh. Oh shit! Shit sh- shows you how up on my dates I am, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, uh, oh, it's, yeah, it was on the 5th. Oh, shit. There three, you go. Three weeks ago. Crazy. <laughs> oh, dang, I, I gotta jam this. Okay, yeah. sick. But that, yeah, that's that's how that came about, dude. It was so, so random. So random. Because, you know, and they're they're from AZ, you know, they were from, you know, Ben was from Flagstaff. Yeah. But just wa- watching him do that, I was like, Jesus, what the fuck is that? Like. I'd never seen anyone do that. Up until that point, everything was Raymond Herrera, dude, heal up. Handles, Boom. heal up. You know what I mean? Just like watching him play that kind of stuff. And then me being like, okay, cool. Well, how do we take that to the next level? You know? Yeah, who was one of the first like drummers in like the heavy genre to start doing double strokes, you think? <sighs> I have no idea. Dude, to be completely honest, neither do I. I... Uh, most of those cats, a lot of those cats are all heel up or swivel. It's just, it's just all like the, like, like the Georges <coughs> from Niles and that they're, they're just heel up. Yes, boom, that's his fucking lightning fire feet. Yeah, or, or dude, uh, even um, Art when he was in Winds of Plague, he he was doing the uh, like the actual heel toe, like he still does it now with Lamb. Oh yeah, too. yeah, yeah. His his technique is crazy, dude. Like it's like. 
it's really extreme, like, to get, like, the doubles out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's picking his whole heel and the ball of his foot up. It's it's intense, like, and respect, because that's, that's way too much work. <laughs> it's it's yeah. way too much work for me, like, you know. But it, but it is a very, like, it's a very consistent technique, and he's real good at it. And it works perfect for Lamb of God's music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't really know. <clears throat> I know there's there's dudes like Longstreth and you know cats like that, but I but I well I think I think Longstreth might be doubles. Yeah, uh, I think he's a maybe. doubles guy. Hey Jay, uh, look up a uh, first metal band to use double strokes. Yeah, Google's got to have the answer for sure. Hope it doesn't show someone jacking off. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm a, I'm immature. I know. I couldn't help it. This is why we get along. Who was the first metal drummer to <clears throat> utilize an intricate double? Chris Adler? Well, Chris Adler plays the same technique Art does. They both have the... Yeah. It's doubles, but it's heel-toe. But So so that would be considered double strokes. Yes, yeah, because they are getting two and like, strokes And like of, Ruin, right? E, uh-huh, yeah. So that, huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah like this, is a, this is a good example of it. Chris was... Innovative as fuck, dude. Even Wilders, he was a bass player before he was a drummer, which is fucking crazy. What the fuck? Is that not wild? That is wild, dude. I remember when you're not a metal drummer, but you're in a metal band, seeing that, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Fuck. Insane. And he would keep that going, you know, for a 15, 16 song set every night, too. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, that's 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 a crazy technique. Like respect for anyone that takes the time to get that learning curve and learn that. I definitely would not. Six. I mean, is Chris Adler one of the OGs or what? It's crazy. Jesus. Is he? Huh. Yeah. See, his his is is kind of similar. Watch. Sick. Yeah. So that's that's a, wow. that's also a variation of doubles. You get you're getting uh, two hits out of one stroke, in the in the motion of your foot. Um, my mine is definitely much more of a of a pressure thing. Yeah. A lot of people put will place their entire foot on the pedal board and and do that kind of thing that Art was just mm-hmm. doing. Whereas mine it mine is much more reliant on like catching the rebound of the hit. And then squeezing it back down with your foot, mm. which is why, like, I mean, you know, we have foot cams or something like that. You'll notice my my feet drop back substantially when I start playing doubles. If I'm mm-hmm. playing, you know, single stuff or just slow double bass, I'm at the top of the pedals. And the moment I start, you know, flying, you drop your feet back, heels down on the ground, and it's you're kind of mashing the pedal. Hmm. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, but it works. You know what I mean? It sounds crazy. <laughs> it is. It is very. It is very crazy. But you know, it's it's another. It's it's a different interpretation of a different technique, you know. And, yeah, and, and you you've been playing that that style of drumming for for years. I mean, I mean, for for you, who do you think are like the top five uh, best drummers in like the deathcore genre right now? Oof, damn, it's a good one. Huh? That's, that's a good one. Sick. Damn, top five. 
Gotta give love to Austin Archie. That's that's my baby boy right there. Of He's kill, killing the fucking game. Uh man. A lot of doubles. Absolutely. He's ta- he's taking a couple tips from me. Sick. You know? <laughs> uh, Mike Caputo. Oh yeah. Caputo's a fucking freak. Also, uh, also an insanely consistent player. Um. So let's see. Yeah, Austin Caputo. Uh, dude, Bobby Crow. Signs oh, of the swarm. Yeah. Yeah, he, another another he guy that also plays bass that just somehow was like, hey, he is ripping. I'm gonna get sick at fucking drums, and I'm just like, okay, and he's ridiculous. Um, yeah, let's see, that's three. Uh, Ernie, that's another Ernie one, dude. Is. I'm definitely not in that list. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Um, Ben. Oh yeah, Ben. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I w- I wish he was still playing. But I mean, yeah, you know, Whitechapel at the top of their fucking game, you know, 2000, you know, 2011, 2012, and Ben joined, he changed the game. Mm-hmm. He, ch- he changed the game. He, I truly feel he changed the game of deathcore drumming. He made other dudes have to be like, shit. Mm-hmm. That we, is true, we need, huh? to, we need to catch up. And it, and in that time, it, to me, it was a, a very, damn, I'm gonna, I might get shit for saying this, but for, for me personally, it would have been a three-way tie between him uh, Shannon Lucas mm. and fucking Charn, yeah. When he was in JFAC, it's insane. Like j- just between the three of those dudes, leveled the the metal drumming community. Crazy. Yeah. So you have <coughs> Austin, Mike, Ben, Bob, Bobby. Bobby. Who's who's that fifth one? Whew. Yeah, who's that fifth one, man? Oh, dude. Steven Sanchez. Oh, yeah. That's my poppy right there, dude. Steven Sanchez. He is ripping. Ripping. And he's very, very like... I think it's a great top five. Absolutely. And he's very disciplined, like, in his practice regimen. Yeah. My man loves playing drums. I'll I'll jump on his live on Instagram every time he's on and just pull up and be like, yo, what's up? You know what I mean? Watching Fuck, yeah, it's cool. And he's, you know what I mean? He, uh... that's, That's a dude who's who's improving... Every day, like at a frightening speed, like he's passing dudes up. Oh, damn! You know what? I know we narrowed it down to five, dude, but I've had to throw that sixth one in there too. Bryce Butler. Oh yeah, Bryce. Bryce full, is ripping full, too. Gro- full grown adult, man. Absolutely. Bryce is such a pure hearted. He is. I love him. He is a very <clears throat> infectious dude. He which is, is. Which is pure he, vibes. He is. Yeah. Also, and, uh, another one of those dudes is just like, you feel good around him. You know what I mean? He's he's a, he's a maniac. He's a ripper. He also wears Adidas tracksuits. That's so right, dude. That's right. And he's got him in every color, dude. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> sick. Well, okay, then the uh, last list. The two worst drummers <laughs> in Deathcore, I think you and Alex might be. Uh, yeah, dude. That's sick. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it, 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 it works for this band, dude. You know, it does. <laughs> that. Well, 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 that's how. That's how you got the gig. We're like, okay, Alex was terrible. Who was the second worst drummer in Deathcore? And your name came. <laughs> people were guys. This name. is this is actually how they hired me in the band. Yeah, like <laughs> who could we get that's just fried? If he's that terrible, he's going to join the band, dude. Somebody call her. I'll make. I, I, I made. I made the call. <laughs> and then look at us here we are dude playing with fucking lamb of god dude after i heard i heard that fucking popcorn double stroke dude I'm like I, I, it was I love felt, it love at first sight i felt i fell in love <laughs> that that shit was sick 
Well, shit, I think we covered your whole career, man. What a sh- what a shot run, huh? And so you, you it was it also was kind of crazy is that you haven't even like <coughs> you haven't even started yet. No, like you really haven't. Like, damn, it's crazy to like to, to, to like think about that. And to add to that, that right there, like you know the the fact that I haven't, you know that I haven't done it at the the length of time that you guys have or other bands have. Mm-hmm. That's that's really another reason why I think a lot of are, a lot of people get confused as to why I'm like not jaded or fucking shitty about this or anything like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, dude, some of these people have been at it fucking you know twenty twenty one years or whatever. Yeah, I've been playing music that same amount of time, but I've been doing this at the level I'm doing that for only you know under ten years. It's been fucking six seven years. It's nothing. I've got, I've got dude. It's I've got nothing. I've got so much fucking fight left in me, man. Like I, it's nothing. you know. I want I want I want to do this as long as my fucking my body and mind permit me. You know, I I don't uh I don't envision myself doing anything else that isn't uh you know, music related. You know. <clears throat> look at look at Metallica, dude. Wild. Still going. Just out, just outsold Taylor Swift, dude, at SoFi Stadium. Yeah, how many tickets did they sell? I think it was Jake, uh, can you pull it up? I think it's like eighty thousand, something like that. Yeah, I think uh, crazy number eighty. I think it was eighty thousand. Let's see. And Taylor Swift did seventy thousand. That's what I heard. Jesus, dude, over a hundred and fifty-six thousand for both shows. Wow. I'm really shitty at math, but if you divvy that up into two shows, that's still a lot of tickets. So eight times two, that's a hundred and sixty. So maybe like. One was eighty thousand, and the other was yeah, like yeah, seventy six. Yeah, yeah. That makes yeah, that makes that sense. That is that's crazy. That's wild. Yeah, I, I remember. I've, I've been talking for a while, man. Yeah, th- that this is going to be the biggest metal show in California. Yeah, oh, it, hands down, it, hands down, be, and it is, it is. I don't think that that will ever be topped. Eighty thousand for a metal show. Jeez, Louise. God, and it's also really crazy to think about. That's got to be another weird like full circle moment for like Metallica's on tour with Pantera. It's crazy. And they did Monsters of Rock together in Moscow in fucking what, 91 or something like that? Wow. Yeah. That's so many fucking people, man. Wild. That's... So wild. <clears throat> well, shit, Ernie, did we uh, miss anything for a uh, day one? I don't think so. I feel like we, I feel like we covered a pretty good amount of ground, you know, as far as like, Getting the history correct and everything leading leading up until now. Yeah, I, I, I just wanted to get like your history out there first before we start talking shit to each other. Yeah, yeah. If, and then uh, like the next one, which I'm think. Well, she, so you're all gonna hear it here first. I'm, we're thinking, we're thinking about adding a second episode during the week on a Wednesday or a Thursday and having Ernie be the co-host. Me and him just talk shit for an hour. To it's gonna be great. To to entertain you during during the week, thinking about it. So, so wanted to get this official yeah. one out here. Number ninety four. Damn, seriously. Ninety four dropping Monday. Crazy. Holy what? Damn. Ninety four, dude. What are we What are we doing for episode one hundred? Are we gonna body slam you through the table, dude? I'm doing heroin. Sky knows how to party, dude. No, I'm kidding. I will, I, I've never done heroin, and I will never do it. That's a no-no. I'll probably die the first time, for sure. <laughs> I can barely drink alcohol. <laughs> I barely smoke weed. I'm doing heroin. 
Yeah, I was gonna say that's a big jump, dude. <laughs> but you know what? If someone told me you like like if we, I got to talk to Kirk Cobain or something, and like <laughs> like a ghost, and he was like, "Okay, Garza, to write the best Susan Sanch record, you need to do heroin." <laughs> Garza said, "I'll bleed for the art." You dude. know what, Let's dude? Go. <laughs> I would have to think about that for a solid five ten minutes for sure. <laughs> you know? Oh my god! All right, Ernie. Well, like, dude, appreciate you coming out here. Of course, sharing of course. sharing your story. Uh, this this will be the first of many. I'm so, stoked. Uh, I'm excited. We're gonna grab dinner, right? We're gonna grab uh, some sick. Oh, yeah. Well, well, fuck yeah. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, you know every social media outlet ever. Uh, Instagram is my first and last name, Ernie Iniguez Drums. Um, Facebook, same thing, first and last name. Uh, my Twitter, it's just uh, Ernie Drums. You know, I post a lot of a. Uh, mindless thoughts and cool pictures of shit we do when we're on the road uh yeah if you care to follow me on there that's where you'll find me most of the time sick all right everyone real, real quick garza podcast coffee get this shit all right tastes good you're already oh, yeah. had it uh, absolutely 10 out of 10 it's fucking good it's badass conceptcafes.com check it out and uh yeah until next time that's it later Bye.